0: Welcome into a Thursday edition of the show. Hope you guys are doing fantastic. Coming up on Locked On Cougars, we talk with BYU tight ends coach Steve Clark, as, an ex, as well as an exclusive one on one conversation with BYU defensive coordinator Eliza Tuiaki. With that as a teaser, let's roll. You are Locked On Cougars, your daily podcast on the BYU Cougars, part of the Locked On Podcast Network.
1: Your team every day. We'll
0: Hi everybody, I'm Jake Hatch, your host here on Locked On Cougars, your resident BYU insider. My vacation continues, but the podcast don't stop. Welcome into your only daily podcast focused on the BYU Cougars here on Locked On Cougars. Thank you for making us your first listen of the day. We are very proud to be part of the Locked On Podcast Network. The motto is, your team every day, and that is what we are doing, talking all things BYU. I remain on vacation, as I stated, but I have pre-recorded an entire week's worth of shows, and they continue today great conversations coming up let's start it off with BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki a lot of people out there wondering how this defense is going to look in 2022 and for good reason obviously because the tail end of last year not pretty. And Coach Tuiaki acknowledges that. We also talked about some personnel notes, especially when it comes to the defensive front, the specialty that he has coaching BYU's defensive tackles. So without further ado, here you go. BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki with me one-on-one last week at BYU Football Media Day. Looking ahead a little bit, next year you guys enter the Big 12. And it's going to be, going. I don't know if you'll go to Dallas, but I'm sure Kalani will go, but how different will it be if this is like a thing of the past, the last time you might have to go through something like this?
1: Yeah. that's. Uh, I haven't thought about that, you know. Um, normally just kind of they tell us where to be and we show up. And so if they do this next year, I wouldn't know any difference. It's like I wouldn't ask, wait, aren't we doing Big 12 media days? Like they say, e, you got to be here. Here's your polo. All right. Sounds good. <laughs> so tell me where to be and
0: when, when to be there, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And, and what to wear. Yeah, exactly. Well, that's my, my wife. When we got married, I just said there's three things you need to tell me where to be when to be there and what to wear
1: exactly so no difference for me I'm still the same exact way <laughs> really to hear. all right let's talk a little bit about your defense
0: uh, I just heard Jared talking about this like the last two games I think a lot of people are really down just kind of about the the numbers that the defense gave up what do you expect and I am I guess I'm asking more for the defensive line perspective on this because you coach the D tackles but what do you want to see most improved as this group goes into fall camp
1: uh, you're talking about uh, your D-line,
0: the D line. D line. I guess your uh, tackles in particular.
1: Um. Yeah. Just you know, there's 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 a lot of uh, when you when you're just looking, you're just watching it on TV. I think the general fan watches it, and um, even even us as coaches. I mean, when we're in the middle of the game, and there's a run that breaks out, you immediately start thinking D line. You know what I mean? <laughs> And that um, it, it doesn't mean that it's not true, but it also doesn't mean that it's, it's always them. And so you go back and look and just some of the ways that uh, we ended up giving up yards last year. It wasn't, it wasn't always a D-line. There's always room for improvement. Um, but uh, I think it's really just us just getting better as a front seven, you know. Miss, missing the backers and having, having backups and maybe just doing some different things. Um, you know hurt us for sure as you can see just uh, from the results of, uh, of the last game but um, you know it's 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 front seven when you look at it it's front seven then after that it's really the fit of safety so the, the whole thing together has got a it's got a it's got a mesh.
0: Can you elaborate on how big those injuries at linebacker were
1: in retrospect? No they're 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 big I mean um, I think you know most teams when you have an injury it's just the next guy's up right um but, you know as we looked at it it was kind of and and it was like that the whole the rest of the year it was okay for this scheme and for what we're trying to do who are the best players for the job who are the the next best 11 uh, and i think that's why um people saw so many different personnel groups and so many different names you know just later in the year it's kind of like okay this is this is whatever a, a spread team. This is a, a team that's a little bit more fast tempo, and we got, you know, guys like uh, Jacob Born that, that you know contributing, and and just other guys that uh, maybe didn't play as many snaps before that played played at the end.
0: I want to ask you about because uh, you coach the tackles, Naisa Mahe as well as uh, Caden um, Haas. They're both guys that maybe aren't prototypical height, but I feel like they have some natural leverage just because they are shorter than a lot of offensive linemen. Is that, in some ways, help them.
1: Yeah, that's that's an, an, an advantage of theirs is is just you're shorter, but uh, it also means your arms are shorter. And yeah. so sometimes if they're if they're uh, not playing with good technique, I mean they get they get dug out and leveraged by old linemen that are the our old linemen are tall, but. Those guys are really good players that way, and so, you know, you you either want them, you either want them just looking like a refrigerator, you know, or you want them just tall and and uh, playing with leverage. And so, I think we've got a good combination of both. But those two players that you mentioned, Caden and Nisa, um, both both have that. They have uh, leverage experience. They have leverage advantages.
0: I remember Kalani saying during spring, just the defensive line as a whole to him just looked bigger they hit the weight room hard just naturally gained weight all that do you feel like that's th- your assessment as well
1: yeah yeah for sure we in 2020 we lost um a lot of our D linemen that played with experience and so this last year 2021 we played with so many young guys and we do have a couple of veterans you know Earl Mariner comes back and um I think I think he might be one of the only friends but you know some some of those other guys like Lorenzo Falotea and all and so forth, they've been around but um, you know, we bring back all those young freshmen that played, John Nelson, Josh Larson, Blake Mangelson, uh, Hunter Greer, you know, Alemah Peely, my moves from tight end to us, and he had a really good spring, and so we're going to have some, some guys that had some snaps last year that are going to be really good this year.
0: Last year, and this is my observation, just watching the games. I saw you guys go into a four-three, a three-four, three-three-five, four-two-five. Just the, the versatility. Am I, is there any alignment that I may have missed out on?
1: Um, <laughs> no. There's, there's a, you know, there's, there's a, there's a rhyme and reason for everything, sure. right? It's, uh, uh, you look at it. It's really. Um, I think there's two ways to look at it. You can say, okay, this is what we do and this is the way to try to stop what they do. Or you can say, uh, what what's gonna be the hardest thing for them to deal with? And I think with us having multiple personnels and having guys that contribute, it's it's uh, it's always been advantageous for us to do that.
0: Do you like that multiplicity, the, the versatility you can throw out there? And- I, I look at that Virginia game, for example. Is I guess the poster child labor. you? Started in a certain alignment, and then for like in the second half, you got kind of a wholesale change. We're going to this. Do you do you like that
1: versatility? Yeah, I think it's important for you to win games. You know, it's um, if something's not working and and uh, you've got to change what you what, what's uh, what you game plan for, then you have to be able to do it. And so, no, that that cert- certainly having in uh, op- you know the the option to to be multiple to change things especially up front. That's where, that's where all the change mostly happens. Uh, it's, it's a big advantage for the defense, I think.
0: I want to ask you about the transfer portal. You guys went to a Got Gabe Judy Lally, uh, coming in. Do you envision moving forward as you get ready to go into the Big 12 that it's going to become a bigger part than it already is or maybe stays about the same?
1: I think it's probably going to stay about the same. You know, it's uh, you go into the transfer portal to look for experience and an immediate need. You know, the same the same way that you would if you were looking for a junior college kid. Um, but uh, the transfer portal basically uh, gives you you know sometimes with a junior college kid you just don't know um, how is he lifting, how does he practice all that stuff, right? Sometimes a junior college kid can give you a little bit more. Um, I don't know what the word is, but just there's there's a lot more dynamics to a JC yeah. kid, whereas a kid variables. that's been in yeah variables exactly, yeah. a kid that's been in a D1 program, you know, okay, they probably lift a certain <laughs> way, and they probably practice a certain way, the expectation is probably a little bit closer to to our level than, than bringing a JC kid, so we'll still look look for both. I mean, you get a, you know, we have a chance to take a JC corner here in the next week okay. um, if he finishes school, and and we'll probably take him, you know, just just because of the need and um, you know what he brings this kid actually has three years left and so um, I think I think it's gonna be about the same for us uh, as far as us looking for for um, a person but you know a lot a lot of people when they look at the transfer portal it's like oh this kid's in this kid's (laughs) in the portal he's a really good player let's go get him right well turn around and walk into your locker room and and tell tell who you're getting rid of like to his face. Hey, you're we're going to get rid of you for another guy. It's it's a, to me it's it's be, it's got to be a little bit more of there's a need here and we're looking for experience and something that's a little bit closer to what we're looking for, right? It can't be let's go in and try to get all the best players that we can and kick out any of the guys in your locker room. I think it's it's not a good way to build your locker room. It's not a good culture to have and Kalani wouldn't do that, you know? And so um, so, I, yeah, in answer to your question, I think it'll be about the same. Last
0: thing for me is NIL is just a hot button issue right now. I think there's a lot of people expecting reform to come at some point, but what is is your overall perspective on name, image, and likeness?
1: It's it's changing, you know. Um, the, that, that question for us last year was, um, <laughs> it's, I think it's just going to, our vision of it is going to continue to change as it changes. and. You know, we, we know more now than we did last year, but then we're going to know more next year. Then, it's just it's it's uh, such um, uncharted territory and waters for everybody, including the NCAA. That it's uh, we're just we're just learning about it. I think there's pros and cons to everything, you know, and and NIL definitely has the same thing. It's pros and cons to NIL.
0: Do you think it's had a net positive or net, I guess, negative impact, or are you neutral on it?
1: I, I think it depends on the way that you're looking at it. Um, for us, as a program with BYU, I think it's been a big net positive. Um, kids, kids being able to get more, um, you know, kids being able to get these deals. I think the networking that allows for some of our guys to rub shoulders with some of these business people is great for their future. You know, um, it, it's been positive that way. We're we're not in the business, and I don't know if we ever will be, of going out there and finding the top echelon kids that are getting multiple nil offers and saying hey we can give you this that, that's just not us It's not it's not the type of message that we want to give to our players in the locker room where it's like okay you guys have worked hard for your nil deals and you're getting this we're going to go and get this guy to come play for you in your locker and he's going to get five times more than you're going to get you know it's just i just don't you know we're it, it just it just sounds bizarre to me that that uh, people are building their teams that way, but 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 again, I I could be wrong. You know, we could be two or three years looking from from a different perspective, saying, yeah, I guess apparently you have to go and just try to buy them. You know, but um, yeah, that's it's it's just it's just something that changes as time changes.
0: There you go, BYU defensive coordinator Elisa Tuiaki, and a huge thank you once again to Coach Tuiaki for taking some time. It's always good to catch up with him. I always enjoy my conversations with him, and the best part is, I think he if you kind of. I don't know how to say this, read between the lines or kind of parse his words a little bit. He gives you a lot more stuff than maybe you think on the surface. And I always enjoy hearing from him. And the hope is that BYU's defensive line, the defensive tackles, they hold up a little better this year. And I think you can expect improvement. I am I, I'm, I'm, I can't guarantee it. I'm reticent to guarantee that. But I think you will see a better uh, team overall from BYU a better defensive effort I guess in particular from this group and I think that a lot of that is just the, the pride factor that this defense has after getting absolutely lambasted down the stretch last year so we'll see how it all shakes out but coming up on in just a moment we're going to catch up with BYU tight ends coach Steve Clark he is coaching a very very deep position group we'll get to that conversation here momentarily but first a word on our friends over at BetOnline. BetOnline.net remains your number one source for all your betting needs and sports information find all the latest sports developments league reviews and news including this year's nhl stanley cup playoffs the major league baseball scores ongoing every single day bet online is your continued source for all of our sports wagering information including live betting esports and scores if you guys want to get in on that over under from our friends at bet online bYU football wins. I would be very tempted to push the over on that. BetOnline also remains the best spot for all of your sports scores, podcasts, and news this season. It is also the fastest and the easiest way to check in on all of your favorite sports and events, including MMA, boxing, and golf. Get over to BetOnline.net. Get to that website or use your mobile device today to learn more about the trends in action available to you now. It's all courtesy of your friends at BetOnline, where the game starts. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere Thank you once again for making Locked on Cougars your first listen of the day. Always appreciate you guys checking out the show. If you've not done so already, I'm pointing right down to the lower right corner and make sure you hit that follow for more podcast feature if you're watching this on YouTube. Subscribe to the show, like, rate, review, do all that fun stuff. I just realized I didn't even have my name up. I'm supposed to have the graphic up at all times. My bad. But regardless, make sure you hit that follow button, like the show, comment. Uh, regular podcast listeners out there, please subscribe, rate, and review the show. Joe, your guys' support is absolutely critical to our continued growth and success with this venture. So thank you for doing that. All right. Time now to hear from BYU Tight Ends coach Steve Clark. Had a great opportunity to speak with him at BYU Football Media Day. Coach Clark, always deadpan humor, always a, a funny answer here and there, but also great information on the BYU Tight Ends unit. So without further ado, further ado, here is BYU Tight Ends coach Steve Clark. What do you like about Media Day most of all?
2: The donuts. Yes, alright, good choice. The donuts and the new shirt. I get a new shirt every year.
0: Okay, let's- be honest you get get taken care of pretty good with that team
2: issue here yeah yeah i I can't complain sometimes the sizes are too big (laughs) (laughs) i mean i've only been here six years i don't think i'm gonna grow into anything
0: okay (sighs) i guess they look at it say okay tight ends coach he's probably got to be what
2: six four six five like his tight ends and then they look at you like hold on what's going on here yeah it is what it is. I mean, that's that's the way it goes. But you know, Ty Detmer called me and said, "You want to be our tight ends coach?" And I said, "Fine." That's the rest is history. You've been stuck there ever since. <laughs> been stuck there ever
0: since. I guess the good news is, is a tight ends coach. You have, and this is my perception. You've got a group that I think goes four, maybe five guys deep. Am I right in that assessment? Yeah,
2: I would say I am, yeah, man.
0: So I, I'm Isaac, Dal- Isaac Rex, Dallin, Holker, Mason. Wake. I'd
2: probably put Wayne Hunt yep. and Carter Wheat in that mix. Mm-hmm. I guess Ethan. E- yeah. I would put Ethan there, yeah. So.
0: Is, is that depth an advantage in a way to you that you, hey, I can throw any guy out there at any point and you know, they will do the same job?
2: Uh, they, I, would, I would throw them out there knowing they would know what to do. But I don't think they're all equal in how they do it. They kind of get it done in different ways. So... No, I wouldn't go that far to see that. I want to ask you about some the Let's start off with Isaac. I think he's a one for most people. That
0: injury against USC, I think everybody just kind of winced when they saw that go down. I'm sure you were wincing. Yeah. Out. You're up in the booth, right? Uh-huh. Yeah, but you were probably wincing watching that ball go down. You've already mentioned, I've, I've seen talking to some of the other guys, but it's more about pain tolerance for him at this point. There's no structural issue. What about his game? I, I'm going to step aside from the injury, but considering if he's healthy
2: and able to go, what do you want to see him improve on the most? Uh, I'm always talking to Isaac about pad level because he's he's tall. So, you know, pad level uh, for for tall guys can be... First step and, and pad level, he knows, so he knows what. To, we're always talking about that. That's if I can get those two t- things done with him, I'll be. And and he he'll he 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 knows. So, so pad level, first step, and really getting uh, width width and stretch on our on our, on our wide zone place. So, Alright, so
0: when it comes to Dallin Holker, he strikes me, and you as, you as, I think you usually do Y and F delineation for your tight end, mm-hmm. is that right? Mm-hmm. Okay, so he strikes me as like the classic Y tight end, a guy who can mm-hmm. split out, but also yeah. if you need to put him in line, he can yeah. do that. Is he similar to that with what you said about Isaac, is his ability to just get in there and put his nose in there when he's in, called upon to block?
2: Yeah, uh, so he's not as, you know, what's good with Isaac is he's long levered. He yeah. can get in and really um, cover you up. Mm-hmm. Down's not as not that big, as big as Isaac. is tall and long, but Isaac has, or uh, Dallin has a really good um, ability to run routes because he did a, in high school, he was basically a receiver. Receiver, yeah. so he's So he's, uh, he's really good at flipping his hip, keeping his hips down. Um, in you know voids zones, and zones, he's a mismatch against any linebacker. So, and he's um, he doesn't say a word, but he's really competitive. So that's what I like about about Down.
0: He kind of exceeded expectations I think, for most people coming back off of a mission and being able to step around the field like that. What do you think that he'll show this year that maybe he
2: didn't show last year? I think you'll see him show up. A, I, I think you'll see him run some different routes. Okay. I think you see him maybe a different route tree for him that you didn't see him do last year can what those are <laughs> that, that that's
0: fine we understand you got to create secrets and <laughs> we get we get all of that uh when it comes to i'm going to tandem these two together because i think that they are kind of the, the the twos i guess is the way i delineate them is lane lunt and carter wheat we've uh-huh. seen them in at times Carter goes back two years when he really seemed to be on the field the most lane's been kind of just a consistent guy throughout that time what uh, do you want to see? I guess from one or both of them.
2: I want to see Carter healthy. That's that's been the biggest thing. He's healthy, right? Uh, yeah, yeah, and and he just he has he runs into bad luck. It seems every spring and every fall. So that's really what I want to see. Just is. Uh, Stay, stay healthy. Uh, lane, just be Lane. Lane, Lane does things right, it does them the right way, um, and so I just, I just need Lane to be the same old Lane. Maybe he could smile a little bit more. He's always so honry. His wife's a national champion coach. Like he he's... was honry before. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm just saying he was. Like, she was a national champion. I'm just saying, like his wife now. Anything he does, she can just say, "Guess what? I got some hardware over there that says national yeah. champion." Oh, don't don't think that he doesn't get reminded of that oh. quite often. Okay, in meetings on on threads and yeah. So yeah, we we're, we're really proud of Ashton. Mm-hmm. Um, she's, she's been great and yeah that's that's uh, something that they can never take away from her is that Ashton championship. So Hopefully Lane can get one now. Sure. I got two other things I
0: wanted to ask you about. I want to ask you about Ethan Erickson. Okay. He, he's a guy, I remember you and I talked in the spring about him and you felt like he was on the verge of potentially this fall breaking out and really showing what he can do. Do you feel like that is still very much the case and will he be given I guess, the opportunity to do that?
2: Yeah He'll be given the opportunity. He's behind some really good players. I mean, that's just the way it is. Is he at their level yet? Probably not. Um, can he get there? Yeah. It just depends on how fast he decides to get there. Um, but, yeah. I mean, it's just it's just the way it is. It's kind of difficult for, for Ethan um, just because of the guys that are ahead of him. But some guys go down and Ethan might be thrown in there and I and I have confidence in Ethan that he can he can get it done your fullbacks uh, I know Mason plays the tight end position as well but I'm, I'm yeah I'm don't, don't 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 uh, just I'm, say I'm, fullback he'll, trust me, he, he'll punch you you
0: know he he already warned me yeah. I, at 250 pounds I'm not going to mess with that kid but he in Houston, I saw on Twitter that they were talking about potentially getting neck rolls to have some fun this fall, but what do you like about them is just this tandem that
2: you can throw on the field at tight end, at fullback, and wherever you need them. So, you know, you can you can find a guy that'll go run in there and hit somebody. Anybody will do that. The key with both of them is the hands. Mm-hmm. So, you, you know, you run in at somebody, you block and block, and then you slip to the flat where you throw them a screen, and they're good with the ball after the catch, and that's what... Especially Mason is, is really good with the ball after the catch. Um, that's that's what makes him special. But don't call him. A, don't call him. A, you call you call Houston a quarterback. Mason Mason thinks he's a quarterback. Too. Oh okay. And the kicker, and he wants to return punts and kickoffs and. You gonna let him go PATs? No, he's not doing any of that. <laughs> there you go.
0: BYU tight ends coach Steve Clark. A huge thank you to him for taking the time and. That tight end unit, five guys deep potentially? And Isaac Rex, I man, if I'm Steve Clark and I'm the BYU coaching staff, I'd be just telling uh, Isaac Rex, hey – Take your time. Get yourself healthy. We've got all these other guys over here who can hold it down. Make sure you are 100% when you finally take the field. There's no reason to rush a guy like Isaac Rex back out onto the field if he's not feeling right. That's the biggest thing is you want to make sure that he is feeling himself when he's back out there because he is an NFL talent. There's no doubt about that in my mind. He's got NFL capability. The biggest thing is just making sure that he is 100% when he gets back onto the gridiron. If he's ready to go by the time USF and BYU square off, so be it. But I would just make sure that he is 100% healthy before you stick him back out there. So we'll see how it all plays out. But a big thank you once again for making us your first listen of the day. Uh, today, by the way, is one-year countdown eve. I guess that's the way to say it. Tomorrow, July 1st, 2022, 365 days away from BYU officially joining the Big 12 Conference special edition tomorrow we'll talk about a year out from the Big 12 where is BYU at, where do they need to go what are the expectations as they go into this final year of independence in football and the final year in the West Coast Conference and their other sports, we got all that on tomorrow's edition of the podcast, so thank you for making us your first listen of the day, have a great rest of your day, now go make your second listen our friends over at the Locked On Big 12 Podcast get caught up on everything going on in the Big 12 with Josh Neighbors. it is 30 minutes or less it's free and available wherever you get your podcast just like this one so check that out as we go out the door here on today's edition of locked on cougars until tomorrow have a great rest of your day this has been the locked on cougars podcast
2: the ncaa tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait